Oh, I've got to hold that, don't I? Ooh, scary. Okay, is that low enough? Oh, you don't want it up here? No, too loud. Okay, Glorify. What a fabulous song to start church, to end church this morning. Wow, glory to God. And that's what I'm going to be doing today, is glorifying God through my story. And I'm so grateful that when you tell your stories, you just think, oh, you know, how did you go through that? But if it can give glory to God, that's a good story, right? So um, I'm running my race this morning by testifying to that story so I bring glory to God. Amen? Um, First, I want to honour some people. I want to honour Pete and my daughter Jasmine. She's not here this morning, but um, our pastors, Dre and Hannah, and our pastors, Lyndon and Kath, um, WOW Connect Group and Powerhouse Connect Group. You guys have supported me on my journey. You've encouraged me. You believed in me. And you knew that I would get through something that was quite difficult. So thank you. And now God is using me in this church. And I am so grateful. So (coughs) let's start this um, journey. I've been married to Pete for 42 years and raised six now adult children. (laughs) I know, right? This little body. Um, Felt the pain, though. Um, Luke married Alina, Jasmine engaged to Craig, um, Aaron married Danielle, Dylan with Chloe, Liam with Maisie, and Seth married to Ocean. We have 10 grandchildren, and as a large family, have grieved another nine grandchildren by miscarriage. So we have a real um, issue there, so pray for my, um, my adult children as they try and conceive babies. <clears throat> After spending eight years in a covenant community, our kids came out broken. And, huh, but one day, they will tell their stories. That's my hope in God, right? I want to take you on my recent restoration journey with Father God since coming to Cornerstone Church. I'll be sharing some of my past, which relates to where I am now today. I aim to show you how God, Father God brings restoration and his amazing grace to our darkest places. So here it goes. Growing up in a family of nine siblings in a non-Christian home, where pornography and incest, although hidden at first, came out of the shadows later. Darkness coming into the light, right? I spent a few weeks at an orphanage in Dunedin with my siblings as my mum was unwell, where two of them were abused by nuns. At age 11, I was raped in my family home by one of those siblings. Shame, fear, guilt, suicidal thoughts, control and not trusting people became part of my life. I became powerless. Ephesians 6, click. Ephesians 6. Um, Where is it? Um, Oh, thanks. I wonder where is it? Oh, it's on this page. For um, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is the battle that I had entered, but I had no faith, so I had no understanding of what that looked like. 
the secret, um, kind of deep in the shadows of the secret to find who I was, shameful, signs of OCD, and who I wasn't, not worthy of love or even life itself. Slide three. Imagine a boxing ring. We know there are many rounds, but winning each one is a mammoth task, physically and mentally. I have three significant times when my abuse was a battle, and each one made me battle-weary. Click, oh, it's all come up. Don't worry about the clicking of, no, go back to that slide. Yeah, so the first one was forgiveness. When my abuser asked me for forgiveness, I was now in my 30s. Having kept the secret buried, I was terrified to tell Pete. Would he leave me? You know, like, I kept the secret hidden. Um, So after telling Pete, revealing my secret to him, with Pete's support, we met with my abuser and forgave him together. Powerful time for everyone. The next um, battle I was in was gaining knowledge. I was given books on abuse to resolve my problems. Shame, guilt, and control kept me from reaching out to others. I did it solo. And the third one, boundaries. After moving to and settling into Rolleston four years ago now, it was organized through a sibling to have my abuser stay with us a couple of nights over Christmas. So this is when we first moved, six months into us moving to Rolleston. But it became a lot longer than we first were told. But being gracious and reminding myself, I've forgiven him, I've read the books, you know, I can do this. Um, But it became the most stressful time in my entire life. As Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, I was also betrayed. And not understanding how to control my boundaries, it became obvious he still had power and control over my life. I froze my hyperarousal response for trauma. I was so broken and despised who I was again. So this is just, you know, a short time ago, right? Trouble had come and I had no peace. I actually stopped eating regular meals and some days I didn't eat at all. And with the excessive weight loss, I was seen by a specialist with Pete and Jazz being my support people. A small group of church friends meeting for weekly coffee, which later became well, connect group, notice my eating habits. Authenticity leads to vulnerability, right? This was scary. Kath um, MacArthur lovingly and gently told me her concern about showing, showing signs of anorexia. Jane confirmed her concerns, both of them connecting this to my abuser's visit. Jenny had a picture of a glass teardrop which spoke to me of our Roy, the God who sees all of me, sometimes vulnerable, fragile, delicate, and nothing hidden, and tears to bring healing. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a crier. I'm a cry, so that's good. Little did I know how much crying I'd do. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, slide four, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring light into the darkness and expose the, expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So, God's timing, right? So, being gently guided with questions, I was able to learn... Um, oh, no, sorry, I was forgot something. Thanks Catherine and Kath who walked the journey with me. This is Catherine Sullivan and Catherine MacArthur who walked my journey with the healing prayer ministry in our church while I was counselling, while I was in counselling with uh, um, outside of um, the church. <clears throat> Being gently guided with questions, I was able to learn about the lies and bring healing into my deepest pain with the truths. So the concept was new to me. So I'm going to share a couple of sessions that really spoke to my heart. So session one, when I was at the orphanage, the lie spoken over my life was abandonment. From the kids who sat at the dinner table laughing at me while I was eating, the rest of my family was at another table, was rejection and mockery. The truth. I received a picture of Jesus standing beside me, his arm around my shoulder, and we're looking down at this table. And the table was laden with flowers of every hue. And amongst them was delicious food. The God of detail, knowing me intimately and what would bring me life. And Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Thanks, Jan, for confirmation of this word, which I was also given. Session two. Oh, I'm just going to get the tissue out just in case I cry. <laughs> um, session two, the most difficult session, became the most powerful, was finding myself in the scene of my abuse as a child. The sounds, the smells, the surroundings, standing there as a young girl in a white cotton dress but the weird thing was I was standing alone in darkness no abuser what was going on just me and as this young girl turned around which was me of course I saw Abba father with the outstretched arms running towards me and, and as I ran towards him he reached down he wrapped me up in his arms and he carried me away from the place that had me in chains for too long. No more shame, guilt, fear, suicidal thoughts, just freedom. That's our God, eh? A few weeks, a few weeks ago, I was triggered again. <laughs> when I heard a woman's story through a study with Well, dealing with body image and food being an idol, it triggered me emotionally because of the loathing of my body. Well's support was incredibly kind and prayer was humbling. Trusting Pete, I shared with him and just as Abba Father held me, Pete also held me in his arms. 
and he ramped me up. And we had the tools to pray and deepen our relationship with each other. Excuse me. Every detail is significant. Our Roy, the God who sees, remember the teardrop. Oh, excuse me for sniffing. <laughs> um, in God's presence, I have a relationship with him by being attached, which means sharing emotional intimacy and attuned, connecting intentionally to Father God in my prayer life. This is where I find his lavish, reckless, extravagant love, gentleness, power, and grace. Slide five. This is how I saw myself. And I'll ask the question, how do you see yourself? Slide six. This is how God sees me. Isn't that beautiful? I just thought, oh, that's so Susie. I just love that picture. It's so cool. I look at it and think, yeah, that's me. Um, so this, this um, if you look at the bowl, I don't know if you can see the gold there and the breaks, but this is called kintsugi. It's a Japanese art form that embraces imperfection and our human flaws and glue together with gold. Well, God's love for us goes beyond this through healing emotionally, physically, and spiritually, bringing restoration, light into the darkness, <clears throat> darkest places, our choice, and he refines us as gold is refined. You know that song, don't you guys? How does God see you? And that's my question to you. Some of us walk with scars from... Some of us walk with scars and hurts from our past. But the exciting news is when Jesus rose from the dead, we all see his scars. They are visible and reminds us of his suffering, his humility, and his lavish love on us. His scars are glorified. Amen? We sang that song today. It was so magical. It was awesome. We now know our scars in Jesus' glorious light of his resurrection power, where there is freedom and restoration. My scars are still visible internally, but glorified, eh? Isn't that just powerful? My abuse no longer defines me, but God defines me. Today, um, what's that slide? Six? I've got seven. Yeah, there it is. Um, today we can tell our stories without condemnation, but with God's grace running the race to bring glory to God our Father. Now it's your turn. What is your restoration story? Out of God's abundant love for me comes love for others. So I think I have a real gift on my life of encouragement because I've been so discouraged my life, my whole life. And now I'm in a place where there is freedom, where I can love others and encourage others. So I know my giftings. I know where God has placed me. And he's placed me here in Cornerstone. So thank you, family, for your support. And if this has triggered and stirred up trauma of sexual abuse, 
Prayer for you is available privately with the Cornerstone Church Healing Ministry. You are not alone. And this also includes not only women, but men who have been abused. Thank you for listening to my story.